Just amen. give me an amen. amen. Acts chapter 4 verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, let me say that again. And when they had prayed, what happened after they prayed? The place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Uh-huh. Look at some things that's happening when they prayed. There was a shaking where they was assembled. Uh-huh. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. But the text is up here talking about it. Going back over what I was talking about last week. When they prayed, the place was shaken, filled with the Holy Ghost. They spoke the word with boldness. And they were one heart. They were one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. I, I can just take this right here and talk about this a whole lot. They had all things in common. Didn't nobody think anybody was any better than anybody else. Right. Let me tell you, when we begin to learn how to pray, it'll bring humility to your life. Amen. Um, Verse 33, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And grace, great grace was upon them all. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. Thank you for everyone that's here. Thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your power. I'm asking God that the Holy Ghost could bring revelation to our lives. God, individually and corporately as a body, the body of this church, this local assembly, Harvest House, that we could get a revelation, Lord, of what I'm going to try to say tonight. Sash, so give to touch us in Jesus' name. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. When Hudson Taylor sailed to China, he heard an urgent knock on the stateroom door. He opened it up, and there stood the captain of the ship. Mr. Taylor, the captain said, we have no wind. We are drifting towards an island where the people are heathen, and I fear that they're cannibals. What can I do, asked Taylor. The captain said, I understand that you believe in God. I want you to pray for wind. Amen. I want you to pray for wind. All right, captain, I will. But you must set the sail first. The captain said, what? That's ridiculous. There's not even the slightest breeze. Besides, the sailors will think I'm crazy. But finally, because of Taylor's insistence, he agreed. 45 minutes later, he returned. The captain returned and found the missionary still on his knees. You can stop praying now, said the captain. We've got more wind than we know what to do with. Harvest House needs men and women who can pray like this. Amen. Amen. Anybody believe that? Yes. Why? I'll tell you why. We live in a spiritual uh, cesspool of evil in the time we're living in. Amen. Yes, we do. Amen. Some of you might not have heard me a while ago. We was everybody speaking in tongues and, and, and it's been a wonderful spirit of, of prayer in this place tonight. So I, uh, people have been praying, worshiping the Lord. And, and, and I know these kids back here sometimes on the back rows and they don't always act good and pay a lot of attention. But you know what? I have an idea that they, I said this, they, they hear enough hell through the week. They need to hear what they're hearing here tonight. Why does Harvest House need to be able to pray like this? Because there's young people that come to this church that need to know what it's like to pray. They need to know what it's like to worship God. There's a city out here that's lost and dying and going to hell and just knocking on their, their doors and inviting them to the house of God, Brother Donnie, is not enough. We need people that know how to get on their knees, hallelujah, in a church that knows how to set the sail, praise God, and say, you know what, let's set the sail for the right direction and let's pray until the winds of Pentecost blows again in this area. We live in a time, Brother Donnie, when... Just bad things happen. 
Bad things happen to good people. Hallelujah. If anybody's seen the message I shared last night, I think it was last night, the night before, Brother Scott Graham preaching at Bishop White's church. You need to go find it on my page and watch that. Oh my goodness, Brother Graham, Fred Morton's preaching. Preaching about the first four plagues, how and in Egypt, how you know what? Uh, nobody's exempt from them first plagues. Bad things happen to good people, so we need to know how to pray. Right. Amen. Amen. Bad things happen to bad people. And we got to know how to pray to get them out of that. Right. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you now, God is not obligated to solve every issue and fix every problem that you've got. He's not obligated. And be honest with you, Brother Tim, most of the mess that we deal with in our life is self-inflicted. It's self-inflicted. God is not the creator of confusion. Can I get an amen? And, and really, I want, you need to hear this. Everybody in this building, young and old, needs to hear this. There's a basic rule. God does not get involved in our day-to-day -day affairs unless man invites him to get involved. Amen. Amen. What do you mean by that, Brother Orton? If you wake up in the morning and you never talk to God and you never pray and you walk through your day and you never pray and talk to God, why are you asking God, why are you getting mad at God at the end of the day because He didn't do nothing for you? Heard, I listened to the preacher today and, and, and Brother Donnie, he said this. He said, why are you getting mad at the preacher if you're in the hospital and you don't call him to come pray for you? Amen. You wonder why he didn't call? James chapter 5 says you could, when you're sick, call for the elders to come pray for you. Hey, I'm not God. Preachers ain't God. Saints ain't God. If you're in the hospital and you don't tell nobody, I can't read your mind. Amen. We... God's given us a a a um, uh, our own wheels. We have the right to self-rule ourselves. We have the right to make our own choices. Now, now God's got certain things that He's going to make sure happens. That's for His big plan. He's going to make sure that happens, and that's going to happen for His His will. But from our day to day, it's up to us. Amen? Amen? And folks, we've got to pray every day. You're right. Every day. You're right. If you want God involved in your life every day, then you need to pray every day. Amen. You're right. Come on now. If we want God involved in this church and, and a great revival to happen in this church, folks, we've got to pray. Because prayer is the communication with God that gets Him involved in your world. And if you don't pray, God's not going to get involved. He's just not going to do it, folks. It was Ian Bounds that said, what the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not... Not new organizations or more novel methods, but men who, when the Holy Ghost can use, and men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. You know what, church? You know what? We, we've been talking about uh, amongst my family, ourselves, of uh, trying to, what we need to bring the church to where, where we could become, and, and, and uh, not just a good church, but an excellent church, a great church. What, what we can do to make this a church that everybody wants to be a part of. What, this, what we can do to, to overcome any stigma of, of any people's thinking about this church out there. What we can do to make this church become a, 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 a Book of Acts church. I, I got the answer for us tonight. Let's go to the Book of Acts chapter 4 and verse 31. And when they had prayed... We, we want to be a book of Acts church. Let's, let's go back to the book of Acts and let's do what they've done. And everywhere you're going to find, 
I just did a little search today of, of, of time uh, they and prayed together. All right, when you go back and look at it, it's a multiplicity of places, brother, brother uh, Cliff, that when they, they pray. And when people pray, it always is followed by something of God moving in some type of way. If you wonder why God's not moving as a church body, maybe He's just moving with individuals or maybe not, it's because when you begin to pray, something begins to happen. And the only way we're going to have a revival and the winds are going to come, uh, like a, a Mr. Hudson, the missionary, the winds was coming because he was praying that the wind was coming. Hallelujah. If we could get down to business and begin to pray and say, God, we need a revival. God, we need our young people to know how to act in the house of God. God, we need, hallelujah, an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We need some people praise God to act better. We need we need new prisoners coming. We need to get, we get down to get to pray. I have found that when you get interested in something, and I've found in my time when I begin to ask God about something, I get concerned about something, God gets concerned about it. Shouldn't have happened. But when they prayed, the place was shaken. Amen. Uh-huh. I don't know about you, and you may have a different opinion if you do. I don't know where you've been, but anyway. Uh, but the last few services, you know, we've not maybe had the crowds we wanted and this kind of stuff, but you know what? We've had some good church. Amen. And some things have been happening. And, and there's been some things moving. Because, you know what? There's been a few Mondays here we've been coming together, and I know everybody hasn't been able to come, and it's going to get better, but you know what? If, if not, we're just going to keep on praying because, you know what? When I have found that when Harvest House prays, things begins to happen. When a church begins to pray, something begins to happen. I want something like this in Acts chapter 4 to be said about us. I want at some other church or, or wherever somebody say, you know what? When Harvest House prayed. Amen. Amen. I want an evangelist to be somewhere uh, uh, at another place. Matter of fact, it's happened. I don't know how long it's been. It's been a while back. It was in storefront. There was a missionary come by, and, he, and, and I called him the next day because something great happened. And he said, man, I've been telling your story all over the place. Wow. I want him to say, you know, I'm at that little church, and when Harvest House prayed, something happened. I want to talk about that tonight. You want the title? Here it is. When Harvest House Prayed. When Harvest House Prayed. What, what's going to happen when we pray? Things are going to be shaking. Yes, amen. Uh -huh. I mean, things are going to be shaking. Church, we have got to pray. We're living in an hour, Brother Donnie. We can't afford not to pray. Amen. Come on. Jesus he, he looked at his disciples when he went to the Mount of Olives in Luke chapter 22. He said, pray that you enter not into temptation. Wonder why people are being tempted so bad right now. Why they're being uh, tempted. You know why? Because people's not praying. Amen. I was thinking about this today and I just had, I just happened to have this thing caught, this mind, this thought come to my mind. Why is there so many spiritually sick people in our churches? Why is there so many spiritually sick people? I've got to think about it. If I say the word of God says you should be hot or cold, hot or cold in what? Wife says prayer. Jesus said, I would rather you be hot or cold. What was he speaking of when he said that? On fire for God. Fire for God. That's the word I'm looking for right there, sis. In the spirit. I'd rather you be hot with the spirit or cold with the spirit. Because if you're in the middle of that, you make me sick. I wonder why we've got a spiritually sick church right now. I think the answer today, I just felt this little nudging in my spirit. Anyway, it sounds good, so let's just say it. I think it makes sense. I think it's not that we're sick. It's but the spirit that's trying to live in us is sick. Because we're not hot enough to where he feels comfortable. And we're not so cold that he feels like, I need to leave. 
So he's just living and dwelling inside of you and just being sick and trying to make you sick to where you will change to where you are. Hey, you know, preachers say that. I felt spirit nudge me with that today. And I think that God all of a sudden was looking at a church generation right now that, you know what, he said, I'm just about ready to throw up because I don't know what's going on with you, but you're not hot enough in the spirit. You're dealing with too many temptations. And, and you're, you know what, I'm about ready to point. I'm ready to just spit you out and go to somebody else that's ready to be hot, hallelujah. And not, I'd rather you just be cold and get out of my way or get on fire because the state you're at right now, you're just making me sick. Uh, you see, when, when Jesus was getting ready to go in the garden, Brother Donnie, the Bible says that uh, in the book of Luke uh, chapter 22 that he said he withdrawn himself about a stone's cast away and he began to kneel down and he prayed. And he began to pray and he said, Oh, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me, but nevertheless not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel to him. And he goes on to say, Be in agony, he prayed more earnestly. He got up and he went back and he seen his disciples and they were sleeping. And he said, why are you sleeping? You need to rise up and you need to pray lest you enter into temptation. I believe he's still talking to a generation right now, especially Harvest House here tonight, because it's a word I feel like he's giving us. In. Hey, we need to get out of our sleep and we need to rise up, hallelujah, lest we fall into temptation. Why do you think there's some empty seats in this house tonight? There's some people that quit praying. I, lately I've been not... I've been dreading looking at uh, my memories on Facebook because I'm seeing young people up here that was on fire for God and they're not here now. Why? They fell into temptation and they fell asleep. Hallelujah. And they quit praying and they fell into that temptation. Oh, come on. There's some saints of God that's struggling right now. Why? Can I tell you why? They're getting sick and they're falling into temptation and they're not in the house of God tonight. Church, we've got to learn how to pray. You can't make it without prayer. You've got to get a hold of God with prayer. I know I love this word, and I'm going to talk about it. But if you have the word without prayer, it's not no good. And if you have prayer without the word, it's not no good. But we need them both. But tonight, God sent me to this church, hallelujah, and tell us that when Harvest House really prays like it knows how to pray, we have revival. Hallelujah. We can fill an altar up. We can fill a bus up.
of us. What kind of commitment do we need to make to Him? The man Christ Jesus, he was our example of keeping in the right place for the times that he lived in. From his birth in Bethlehem, hallelujah, all the way to his death at Calvary, Brother Cliff, he was in sync. He was with the purpose that he was manifested for on this earth, hallelujah. In Luke 9, 51, it said it came to pass when the time has come that he should be received up. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Each place of his life, he was ready to make the necessary adjustments to his life. Hallelujah, that he had had on this earth. In his human aspect, as he grew, the times demanded different things on him. And he understood as he was going to face that cross, the purpose that he was born for. Hallelujah. He had to get himself focused. He had to have a resolve. He had to have a commitment. He had to have an earnest inside of him that said, I've got to pray like never before. And we are in the end time. And our focus and our resolve and our commitment needs to rise up to the occasion that we're living in. Hell is not stopping. Hell is not going to slow down. If you're looking for a break in your life, it's only going to come one way. And that's when you can retreat to a place of prayer and get a hold of God. That's going to be the real relief that you have. Hallelujah. And when Harvest House prays like God has called us to pray, it's going to shake this city. It's going to shake our homes. It's going to shake our lives. It's going to shake everything around us. Harvest House, it's time to pray. Amen. I've read it as it being in agony. He prayed more earnestly, speaking of Jesus. His sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. I'm asking tonight, when's the last time you prayed till the sweat ran down off your face? When's the last time you prayed till you lost your voice? When's the last time you prayed, hallelujah, till all of a sudden when you got up and you realized God, you had connected with God? When's the last time you prayed like that? Or maybe you should ask it like this. When the last time you spent some hours or, or, or let's say several minutes, hallelujah, in prayer when you connected with God and you knew what was going on. I'll tell you what we're struggling with right now. We can't get connected with God because we're connected to everybody else in this world through Facebook and social media and the medias of Hollywood, hallelujah. We're connected to everything in the world but not to Jesus, hallelujah. And what we need to learn how to do, hallelujah, in Jesus is hard his time, his earnest, and his focus, it rose to a new place. And you and I, the times demand it right now. Harvest House, the time we are living in demands us to pray like we never prayed. Amen. Somebody look at your neighbor's time to pray. Second Timothy 3 and 1. This know also that in the last day perilous times shall come. Somebody say perilous times. Have a seat, bud. Alex, sit down, bud. Amen. Perilous times are coming. There was a question that was asked in Revelation 6 and 17. Who shall be able to stand? That's a good question for 2018. In this end time we're living in, Brother Cliffs, who's going to be able to stand? That's a question that we need to seriously think about as we face our future. Amen? Jesus answered the question in Luke chapter 34. I'm sorry, Luke chapter 21, verse 34. And take heed to yourselves, lest any time your hearts be overcharged with Sufficing and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that the day come upon you unaware. What day we're talking about? The day of the coming of the Lord. Sister Tara, we're living in a time right now when 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 we're we're drunk. Somebody looking said, Brother, Brother Lord, I don't drink alcohol. I'm not drinking. I ain't talking about alcohol. We got a church world that's drunk. On the world. Because see when you're drunk. That alcohol that you're taking into your body. 
it causes you to lose control. And you're under the, what do they call it? They pull you over and they arrest you for what? Anybody answer for me? Being what? Under the influence. You're under the influence of alcohol. Why is people not praying like they should? Why is people not reading their Bible like they should? I'll tell you why. They're under the influence of this world. Why is people not living holy like they should? I'll tell you why. They're under the influence of this world. Brother Donnie, we're under the influence of this world so much that all this junk is creeping into the church. And, and, and we've got all these agendas out there that's trying to come into our churches and take over. And we're sitting watching all this junk on TV. And we're looking at all this stuff on Facebook. We're looking at all this stuff in this world. And next thing you know, we become so drunk. And, 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 and the cares of this life and they just come upon us and then all of a sudden we're going to look and it's going to catch us when we're unaware. Right. If we had known. Come on, I listened to a good sermon this, this week, Brother Eric Bounds. Let me tell you what, if you're not listening to sermons on a daily basis, you can. You are doing yourself a great disservice. If you have a phone, you can listen to preaching every day. Brother Lord, I don't want to hear you right now. Well, that might be your problem. Lord, it's time you to shut her down so I can go home. Get home before it gets dark. Well, I'm not holding you captive. <laughs> Let me preach a little longer if you listen to me. Verse 35, he said, For a snare shall come, shall it come on them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Who's going to be able to stand? He tells us in verse 36, who's going to be able to stand? He said, Watch ye therefore and pray always. Why? That ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Come on, folks. Romans 13, 11, 12. And that knowing the time, that now it's high time to wake out of our sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than we believe. The night is far spent. The day is ahead. Therefore, let's cast off the works of darkness. And let's put on the armor of light. Brother Donnie, this thing's getting close. It's getting close to the end. Come on. He, Hosea prophesied and talked. He said, let me tell you what. You need to sow yourself righteousness. You need to reap in mercy. You need to break up your fallow ground. It's time to seek the Lord till He come and rain righteousness upon you. You know what? We want revival here. Well, when Harvest House prays, it's going to happen. Amen. Right. Amen. Right. Come on. Well, Brother Lord, I, I just don't know what to pray about. Well, let me tell you what. Let me just give you a real quick list here, just quickly. I'm, you can, you can. Uh, uh, we, we're gonna try to upload this on the podcast. So if we, we got this going here, so uh, you can you can get the podcast if you don't know how to get it to me or Jake, and we'll we'll text you linking, downloading, whatever. Just listen to me. Let me just say it real quick here. You know what? Uh, anybody think we need to pray for our leaders? Yes, we do. We need to pray for both our spiritual and our secular leaders out there. President Trump needs prayer. Amen. President of Russia, he needs prayer. Yes. Come on. First uh -huh. Timothy 2 and 1 says, I exhort therefore, first of all, supplication, prayer, intercession, giving thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all their authority. Uh -huh. Let me tell you, you don't know what to pray for? Here, right here. Pray for me. Pray for my family. Amen. We fight some hell. I know you fight it too. I'm praying for you. Come on. Harvest House, we need to pray. You know why America's in the mess it's in right now? People quit praying for the leaders out there. They quit praying for all the leaders over the churches and, and over top of all uh, our presidents out here. They quit praying, praying for the pastors. Let me tell you what we're going to have revival in here is when we learn how to pray, what well, we need to pray again. We're so busy, oh, Brother Wharton, I pray. I, let me hear you. Here we go. Here's a lot of long people's prayer. Wake up in the morning. God, help me get raised today. God, would you punch Jim Bob in the mouth? He's talking about me. God, I need a new car. My phone screen's broke, so I need a new phone. God, I'm not. My internet's done run out. I've not been able to get on Facebook for three days. God, I need you to let my internet renew so I can get on Facebook again. Now, I'm being very exaggerated tonight, but you know what? This is our prayer when we do pray. 
God, give me this. God, give me that. We need to turn our focus around on our prayer and figure out this thing we need to do. We need to start praying for everybody else. Because you know what? When we start praying what God's interested in, God will take interest in you and He'll start touching your life. From the time you get down to your list, you'll realize I don't have a list because God done blessed me. Amen. I ain't getting a lot of amens. This this okay. I'm preaching it anyway because I'm preaching the truth. And when Harvest House starts praying like this, we're going to have a revival like we've never had before in this church. And you know what? It's happening. People are getting hungry. And people are going to start praying. Amen. Luke 21, 36. Watch ye, for there, watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. I just read it a while ago. We need to pray that God, you would help me escape this. Amen. Help me escape temptation. Hallelujah. And you know some lost people. Amen. Somebody don't, they don't know Jesus. Now here's a better question. When's the last time you prayed for them? Matthew 9, 38, Jesus said, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send laborers into the harvest. Right. Come on, folks. When Harvest House prays like we need to pray, we'll start praying for leaders. We'll start praying for our pastor. We'll start praying for the lost. Hallelujah. We'll start praying that God helps us overcome sin. Helps them. You know what? we got some people out here in the church that's struggling. What would happen instead of you talking about them, praise the Lord, that we learn how to pray for them and say, God, I know Sister so-and-so is battling that spirit, but God, I'm asking you to help her overcome it. God, touch them and don't go get on your phone and calling and texting and, and running everybody down. Like, let's learn how to pray. Y'all was with me earlier when I was getting all hyped up, and now that I'm talking about what we really need to pray, we're getting, I'm not getting as many amens in this place. Come on, man. We, we need to learn how to pray that we God would help us overcome Satan. John 6, 16, these things I spoke, Jesus, these things I spoke to you, that you might, uh, that in me you might have peace, in the world you shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Come on, he said, I'll overcome the world. We learn how to get on that same page as Jesus, hallelujah, and we'll overcome Satan. Right. Amen. I'm going to skip a few things here because I'm going to get down to something else here in a moment. Matthew 6, 14. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will you for your Father forgive your trespasses. We need to pray that God will help us to maintain a forgiving and a humble spirit. Amen. Now let me just talk about humility for a second. We need to understand something. You ain't better than anybody. Amen. And I wrote something down now. I still got it down here. I go through work and I'm writing all kinds of notes down for all kinds of stuff and I don't think I wrote that down. Maybe I can remember how I said it. In my mind anyway, huh? Listen, humility is important. Because when Jesus, when God spoke the word in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, He said, the first thing He said, if my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. Let me tell you what. It takes humility to be able to look at somebody and say, I forgive you Amen. when they don't deserve it. When they have mistreated you and they have talked about you and they have ran you down and they have done you physical harm and they have done you mental harm and they've done all this stuff to you. Let me tell you what we need to learn how to do. We need to pray, God, for God forgive them. Lord, you forgive them. And let's get a humble spirit and say, God, I know I'm no better than them and all I am is another mistake away from being what they are. And God, help me forgive them and forgive me, Lord. If we as a church and individuals will just pray. There's no telling what's going to happen around here. Amen. Pray. Somebody say pray. pray. When Harvest House prays, uh -huh. we have a great revival. Jake and listens to preaching that I, I listened to a lot. You hadn't heard it. It's um, the Philip Harrelson, phenomenal word of God. He's he's loves the word. He's a he's a 
He is a student of the Word. And he's talking about the books, the, the seven churches in Revelation. John speaking to him. He said there was only two churches that was right in there. Smyrna and Philadelphia. And both of them, neither one of them was great big churches. My wife made a statement. said, so it's POA, Pentecostals Alexandria. If you don't know who they are, it's a big, huge church in, in uh, Louisiana. Big church. Anybody ever heard of Estimangan? Maybe. If you haven't, incredible. They got a big, nice church. A couple thousand people. Have we called the times every year? We're at Alexandria. Alexandria, Louisiana. Incredible. Big conference every year they have in January. And she said, what about that church? It's big. I said, you know why it's big? You know why it's awesome? You know why it's doing? Why it's doing? Because they have 24 hours a day, seven days a week prayer nonstop. You, you, we want to make the church great? We need pray. But here, here's the problem. And, and this is going to bring me down to where well, I'll close here in just a moment. Here's the problem. This is why church, we're not praying like we need to be praying. Amen? Because it costs something to pray. Right. So, well, Brother Lord, it don't cost nothing to pray. I can pray anytime I want. Well, why are you not? Come on. Why are we not praying anytime we want? Because you know why? It costs some time if you're going to pray. Ephesians 5.14, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee life. See, then you walk circumspectively, that's attentive, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Let me tell you what, a man or a woman who develops a life of prayer are going to be somebody that's going to be able to embrace what it costs in your time. Amen. You're going to be willing to give up some things of time-wise that you can pray. You know what? We 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 allot our time. We we know we, you know for work. If you work or rest, you're gonna have recreation. We we plan our meals and so forth and so on. Why can't we plan when we're gonna pray? Right. Now, I'm gonna tell you right now. There, there's comes a time you you need to pray all the time. But let me tell you what. If you're really gonna if we're really gonna have the revival that we're gonna have around here, that's why we're 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 having some prayer meetings here on Monday nights or whenever we can. We're gonna try to do this at least once a week or try often often as we can. Anyway, gonna try. We're going to try to do it once a week. But let me tell you what. It, but I can't do that. Let me tell you what. I have to drive 30 minutes down here. It costs me 30 minutes to drive here, 30 minutes back. Whatever amount of time we're down here. It's, it's a Monday. Monday is one of my tiredest days that I have. Because I've had the weekend. I'm tired of work and all that. It costs me something. And I know it costs you something. But you know what? The, the reward is incredible. Amen. Right. See, we, we don't like to pay the price. And anything worth having is worth paying for. Amen. And if you get what you pay for, by the way. Amen. If you don't, if you don't pay a lot for what you're getting, you're not going to get a lot either, right? Amen. And we got to understand something. If we're going to have a real harvest house, if we're going to have a real prayer life as a church and as individuals, I guess what we're going to learn how to do? We're going to have to learn how to pray. Amen. And it's going to cost you some time. It's going to cost you. Going to lose some time on Facebook. You're going to lose some time with your Netflix and Hulu binging. You're going to lose some time uh, uh, maybe when everybody else is out doing their thing. Come on. One of the greatest basketball players that ever come out of Indiana. Anybody know his name? Larry Bird. Larry Bird, Larry Bird when other, other guys was out doing something else, he was out on this little makeshift basketball go connected to a barn shooting hoops out in the middle of nowhere. You go search Larry Bird on the on the internet and watch some of that them, that boy's moves, okay? Whether you think it's LeBron James or Michael Jordan, whoever might be the greatest basketball player in the world, you go check and see them what they've done. They took some time to develop what they were. Anybody who's great at anything, it takes time. And you know what? It, 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 that's exactly what we're going to do. If, we're, if we Come on, folks. What are you living for? Are you living for time or are you living for eternity? Amen. You're 
what we're doing right now in prayer, it takes some time. And I'm not doing it for just to, just to uh, get anything. I'm doing it because there's an eternity waiting for me. Hallelujah. And it's going to take some time. And we've got to be men and women who knows how to pray. Real prayer, world-changing prayer, marriage-changing prayer, life-changing prayer. In fact, any prayer is going to cost you time. It's going to cost you something else, too. It cost you some thinking. It's going to cost you some thought. Now understand something. It don't take somebody who's brilliant. To be able to pray. We don't, we don't got to have a lot of education. A lot of experience. To pray. But it does command some thoughts out of you. If you're going to have a real life changing prayer. You just can't fall down on your knees. And start blabbing a whole bunch of stuff. And just walk away. And say, well, that good? You know I mean everybody, everybody knows that person. You know when you just sit and talk to them. You walk away 30 minutes later. And thinking, my goodness. That was 30 minutes wasted my life because that person babbled the whole time and I don't even have a lot of what they said. I wonder if Jesus walked away from our prayer sometimes like that thinking, I'm glad that's over. <laughs> Next. It takes some thought. Come on. It, it wouldn't hurt you to think about it all through the day. Lord, our, 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 our plan, on whichever works for you, I, I think we need to pray. I, I like morning prayer. That works good for me. I'm a morning person. How many is a morning person? Amen. How many is a night person? That's the rest of us, right? Whether, you, whether you're an early riser to pray or whether you stay up late and pray, whatever the case, it do you good to take some thought. It would do you even good to write down, you know what? When I get to spend some time in prayer, I'm going to pray about this. I'm gonna, it do us good to think about that stuff because when you think about that, you get to know God. Let me tell you what. You want to get to know anybody? It takes some thought. It takes some... Guys, let me help you out. You want to date a girl? Somebody said yeah back there. No? All right. Just as long as you ain't dating a guy, we'll be all right. Just stay single. All right. Just stay single. But if you're going to date a girl, you need to study your subject, okay? Now, I ain't talking about the way some of y'all think about it. Uh huh, yeah. No. I mean, you gotta, you're, you're not going to figure them out, all right? They're women. And when you think you've got them figured out, they're going to change. But there are some things that you can figure. I figured out that I could buy them roses and flyers and Kroger's every once in a while and bring them home to her. It makes life better. Uh huh. Carry out on her. Now I'm getting on her side. We we figure out what we know they like. That's what I'm trying to say. And folks, when we figure out what God likes, we get to know Him. Daniel eleven thirty two says, "Good, but my people who know, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits." When we get to some thoughts into what we're doing, it's going to cost you some time thinking about God, thinking about how to talk to God, thinking about how to relate to God, thinking about what you can do. See, for prayers to be effective, you've got to know God. Right. Amen. And church, we can't pray in this place if we don't know Him. That's why the seven sons of Sceva, when they started trying to pray a devil out of somebody, I said, hang on a second. We know Paul. We know, well, we know Jesus. But we don't know who you are. I, we need to have such a prayer life for the Texas that even the devils know who we are. Amen. Uh -huh. Amen. See, it's going to cost you some thought. It's going to cost you some knowledge, folks. You need... You, you know, some knowledge. We need to have knowledge of the holy. We need to know what's sacred. We know what the word. We need to. We need to have an understanding of what thankfulness is. Amen. Right. Let me tell you something else. If we're going to learn how to pray, I tell you what. Something else is going to cost you. It's going to cost you your will. Amen. Amen. Now it's gotten quiet. It wasn't as loud as it was a while ago. 
Because now I'm getting down to where the rubber meets the road. Harvest House, when Harvest House prays like I'm talking about right now, when we put some time into it and we realize that we've got to put some thought in this prayer and we realize that it's going to take our will. That's when Jesus is teaching us to pray. After this manner, therefore pray, your Father which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as in heaven. When we start praying, thy will, somebody say, thy will, Lord, not mine. And when we learn how to enter into our own personal descending like Jesus did and say, Lord, I'd rather this pass me by, but Lord, whatever your will is in my life. Amen. Uh, amen. Amen. And we understand something. We pray with the will of God in our life. Somebody say the will of God. It's going to cost you. They tell you what it's going to cost us. I'm just about done here tonight. It's going to cost you repentance. Amen. Folks, if we're going to have real, life-changing prayer, Brother Tim, we're going to have to learn how to repent. Right. What's that mean? Paul said, 1 Corinthians 15, 31, I die daily. You know what that means? I die out to my spirit. And let me just tell you this. The longer you lodge sin in your spirit, the harder it is to get out. Amen. Uh -huh. I'm just almost done. It's going to cost you some of your habits. Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to cost you some habits. What habits are you talking about? You know, are lazy, are self-indulgent, the habits that keep us from the presence of God. Come on, we're in America. Our church is, is lethargic. It's, it's uh, apathy. We're luxury. So I said, I ain't got no luxury. Let me tell you what, the poorest person in this place has got more luxury than third world countries. See, prayer cuts into our schedule. It takes away from whatever. As the days of Noah, so shall it be in the day of the coming of the Son of Man. Amen? Amen. What was they doing? They were marrying, eating, drinking, marrying, giving a marriage until Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood came. I'm about to come. I'm, I'm fixing clothes this. I, I just come to tell us tonight, when Harvest House prays like what I'm talking about here tonight, this is real prayer. And there's so much more in this. Prayer can't be self-centered about you. Let's pray for our church. There's people that's not in seats tonight we need to pray for. There's people that's never been to these seats we need to pray for. There's people in here struggling with stuff that we need to pray for. And folks, when we get to that kind of prayer and we start praying, it's going to start shaking things. I didn't quote some of it. The Second Chronicles 7, 14. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. When Harvest House prays like God has called us to pray. And here's the question. What happens when we pray? I'm going to close this with an illustration tonight that's very cool. An illustration about lightning. It illustrates how prayer works. 100 lightning bolts blast the earth every second. Somewhere on this nation, this world, 100 lightning bolts blast this earth every second. Eight million daily surges of power provide more energy than all the electric generators combined in the United States. Even though three quarters of the boat's energy is used up in heat, the surrounding air heats up 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Enough energy remains to deliver a full 125 million volts of electricity. Listen to this. Lightning is much more than what our eyes see. With a lightning boat traveling at 90,000 90, miles per second, 
it's hard to realize what really happens. How many enjoys watching lightning? I do. I love it. It's beautiful. The boat gets its start from channels of pulsing electricity, energy, two inches across, going from the ground to the clouds, not from the clouds to the ground. Let me say that again. This lightning starts from energy at the ground to the clouds, not from the clouds to the ground. What do you mean, my Lord? That lightning strikes a place that the energy is forming on the ground. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say this. God's power is going to strike on this ground down here where somebody's creating some energy. And it'll strike, Brother Daniel, in that place that it feels that energy happening. Just like lightning. If it strikes, Brother Donnie, it's because something... What's the closest lightning I've ever got to anybody? Been pretty close. I've never been struck. Seen where Brother Brad gives me that guy struck here a while back. What happens, Brother Donnie? Something is creating energy in the area. And it draws that lightning and it strikes right there. That's what happens when we begin to pray. The kind of prayer I'm talking about tonight, Sister Michelle. When we begin to pray, God says, look at that. They're creating some energy in that area. And Brother Donnie, we begin to pray hell-shaking prayer. We begin to pray heaven-getting-attention prayer. We begin to pray prayers that moves devils out of the way. and cause miracles to happen. It builds up at the ground and God says, All right, I'm going to let it strike right there. And that's what God's wanting to do with us, folks. Harvest House. I said, why, why, why haven't we been having some incredible services? I'm going to tell you why. We've not been praying like we should. The Lord and I have been praying. Maybe we have. But what is our prayer consistent of? The most powerful prayer in this world is not for yourself. It's for someone else. Brother Donnie, when we pray for somebody else, we have the heart of God. And when we do God's business, He'll do ours. And we'll start praying for others. God says, now I'm going to touch your world. I'm ready to see prayer like we've never had. I'm done tonight. It would only be fitting tonight if we could come pray. And seek God. And say, God, I need you. God, would you help me? Could we find a place to pray tonight? When Harvest House prays, like I'm talking about tonight, when we, we look at the cost, it's going to cost us time, it's going to cost us some thought, it's going to cost us some repentance, it's going to cost us to have to forgive and release and forget some things. It's going to shake this place, it's going to shake this area. Come on church, it's time to pray.